Monday Catholic. I am your host, Taylor Stroll, and today's going to be different. Today's going to be different than it's been in quite some time, and by quite some time, I mean literal years. It has been years since I have done a show like I am doing it today. Uh, Welcome in. It's just me. No co-host today. Don't worry. They're not dead. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not gone. We just we just couldn't find anybody for this week. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. If people are busy. It's okay. And ironically enough, uh, I was like, okay, here's what's happening. Uh, no co-host for this week. And I was looking through my notes. And usually, like I've shared on the show before, how I do show prep is I take notes throughout the week on like things that are going on, thoughts that I have, uh, little inspirations, these sorts of things. I take notes on them, and then like the day before the show. Kind of compile all those notes, pull them all together, and I'm like, okay, can we make a show out of this? And usually, uh, the answer is yes. I mean, I mean, the answer is yes. I, I guess I th- thought I meant usually it's good. Sometimes it's like, eh, whatever. So here's here's how I'm thinking about this week. I didn't have a co-host. I looked through my notes. There was literally nothing. I literally didn't take any notes between last week's show and today other than like business stuff that I've been doing in the background. Like there was no content and i'm like really do i have nothing to say like is is that what's going is that what is going on this week i wasn't feeling all that great i was tired it's been kind of it's just been a weird week i'm gonna get into why it's been a weird week but um all of all of these things led to like am i just not gonna do an episode this week i don't have things to say i don't have anybody to talk to well i mean there's still gonna be somebody Uh, father cassidy stinson is our guest today uh we will still have our our interview segment in the second segment like we usually do but i've been just been working and kind of exhausting myself on the back end just like working on technical things for the show and a lot of transitions and changes a lot of things for forte catholic because because if you didn't hear last week uh, forte catholic is now a non-profit organization that I work for full-time. This is my last week working with the Blaze Ministries where I have worked for the last five years. So lots of things are ending and changing. Here's kind of a list of the things that have been changing. One, my time with the Blaze. My time with the Blaze is over. Um, uh, it has been a, I mean, like, it's been my primary mission for five years, and, and that is coming to an end. Uh, not only that, but the local parish that I have been a part of, that I have been working with, where I do all of my track coaching, where I've been ca- doing campus ministry, all these events, where like, I mean, honestly, it's kind of like our 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 family, uh, our school families, where my kids go to school, like all of those all of those things, like school and you know all the COVID things. There's been a lot of things that got canceled and ended, and I kind of like settled in with that, and everything was was fine. And then we got final word that the parish that we, that I've been working with. Uh, a blaze no longer has a relationship with so like we're not going to be working in that parish anymore so there's like the loss of all of those relationships and a loss of just like i mean all the time and and work that i that i put in for the last five years and it's like man this is this is tough and it was one of those things where it's like i i've known all these things are happening but it was kind of like a second wave of like man like a lot of things are being taken from my life or like whether it's my decision or not things are just changing and it's been hard. I mean, I, like a lot of you know, like about two months ago, a lot of the shows were kind of rough. And some of you in the last few weeks, it's like, Taylor, you seem a lot happier. And I, and I have been. But those those two months were when a lot of these things were happening. And uh, like my whole world fell apart. We had to, to rebuild it. And that's and this is you're seeing the product of that, right? Where you're seeing like this is how, what my life is going to look like. I'm going to be doing this full time. But it has been hard. And 
one of the things that I've that I've been doing is I've been trying to to be better at my, about my prayer, trying to be better about like just taking care of my body, uh, which we're going to talk about in in the final segment. Like I've, I've lost a lot of weight, and I've been doing things, but there's also been some frustrating things there. So there's, I, I bring all of this up just kind of say there's just a, been a lot that's been going on. There's been so many positive things going on in my life, so many negative things going on in my life, and all of those like coexist at the same time. And but I was as I was like thinking about like man, am I am I gonna do the show this week? I was like, you know what? There's so many of you guys, or like one of the things that's been getting me through these past few weeks of all this transition and all this difficulty is a lot of your kind words. Like, hey, Taylor, listen to the Forte Catholic every week has been one of the things that's been helping me get through this quarantine and kind of these hard times. So it's like, you know what, guys? Like, <laughs> it's just you and me. Like, I, I just want to be here for you. And I think because I thank you for being there for me uh, and th- just this relationship that we have built up over the course of these years. I'm just, I'm just really excited about that um, and, and grateful for that. So I wanted to come and do an episode for you guys. So uh, as I was thinking about, like, there's, there's a lot of like serious stuff going on, but like, I started, the thing that made me start laughing is I was like, I'm even sad about silly things that are ending. Like the Clone Wars from Star Wars. It's a cartoon. Yeah, it's, it's a cartoon and I'm actually sad about it, which is kind of ridiculous. But I, I, I really am. Like this is a show that, is, that has meant a lot to me. It's, it's one of the shows that made me feel things, especially when my heart was even more broken and dead than it is right now. Like I love those characters. And it just inspires me to be a better person, to be the hero that these people are trying to be. The depths of relationships. And it's a great show. I love it. I've talked about it before. I'm not going to go into it today. But that show has ended. A few weeks ago was the series finale. They brought it back after like an eight-year hiatus, nine-year hiatus. And they brought it back to finish up the story. It was beautiful, but it's over. The Last Dance, which I've been talking about on the show for, you know, the last few weeks or so. It's over. And it's just like, like there, was, there were a lot of these things that were like came out during the quarantine that were kind of like that truly were helping me cope. But now that those things are over, I'm realizing that a lot of these things are snowballing and I never fully really dealt with it. I, I was finding ways to like uh, kind of divert my attention with this, which is healthy at a time, but obviously not completely healthy because a lot of these things have come back into my life, into my, into my headspace, into my psyche, like into all of these things where it's like, man, I'm sad. I, I, I really am sad often. And, and, and it's like, wh- how am I going to get through this? So yesterday, uh, as I was like, man, am I going to do a show today? I was, I was thinking about things and I was like, man, I need to go to Academy to get new shoes. I'll explain why in the final segment. I was like, I need to go to Academy. And so I, I drive to Academy. And there's a turnaround on the street, on, like on the highway. So I'm, I'm driving one way on the highway. I pass the Academy on the left. So I have to drive under the overpass. The underpass? Is it called? Do I do? I don't know. You know what I mean. I went, I went under the overpass and I turned around. And of course, what is the first building on the right, right before Academy is a Catholic church. Now, I know that a lot of people's churches are, are open in your area. Uh, a lot of people's listening aren't. Uh, so we're all kind of in different places than we have been, which is strange because we've all been in the same place for a very long time, our homes. <laughs> and now things are starting to open up in certain places. So I personally haven't been back to church yet. I haven't been back to mass yet. Like I, I, I'm still kind of, I, I think I, I've gotten sick a few times throughout the, the quarantine and even before it. And I was like, you never, I, I never, you never know. I'm not going to go get tested because I'm just staying at home, but it's like, ah, what's going on? What's going on? Okay. So I drive by and I'm like, I just feel this tug, this like this 
like a lot of people have been talking about like really missing the Eucharist and like craving the Eucharist. And like, honestly, like I have, I haven't like really felt that. And, 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 and like, I, it's one of those things that I'm kind of like, I feel guilty about. I'm like, do I not love Jesus enough? Do I not love the Eucharist enough? It's like, what's going on? But what I did realize and kind of, I think the first step was I miss the presence of Jesus. <laughs> and that was a cool realization for me. Cause I was driving by the church and if I, if it wasn't quarantine, I would have just driven over to Academy, got my shoes and left. But like I saw the church and just, it just flooded over me. This desire. It's like, I need to go be with Jesus. All these things are running around my head, all these negative things, all these positive things, all the things I need to do. All of this is running around my head. And I haven't been in the, like the physical presence of Jesus in a very long time. Obviously he's here with us. I mean, he's here even in our, in the water closet here. Like he, he's here with us. Right. But it's been harder to feel. And as Catholics, there is something special about being in his physical presence. So I tried to the church and just this, like I, like I said, this instant wave of like, I need to go pray. So I'm looking for the adoration chapel. I, I drive into the parking lot. I park and I see that there's some, some people there. I was like, okay, so something must be going on. So I, I turn the corner. I, I've, I've been to this church before. I've been to mass there. I've been to adoration there. I know the, the lay of the land. So I, I, I walk by. And I turn left, like I turn a corner to see the Adoration Chapel. And there's just this big sign that says Adoration Chapel closed for construction. And it's pretty obvious once you turn the corner, there's a ton of construction going on. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I finally have this like good Catholic boy desire to be in the presence of Jesus. And it's still closed. <laughs> like I had no idea. So I was, I was sad. And then instantly... I looked, I looked to the right and there's the church and it's open, which like usually on weekdays, like the big church isn't open. The main church, that's usually just for, for weekend masses. So I, I look over and I see that there's like the doors open and there's people in there and I'm like, oh, it's, it's around noon. Maybe there's, maybe there's a mass. I look in and the fir- and I, I see that it's open and that, that a person has walked in. Cool. But then I see this sign and it's like, you know, essentially like the rules for, for attending mass. And I didn't, I didn't plan to come to this church. I planned to go to Academy. If you're following along with the story, you know that. So I, I drove, I drove, I walked up, walked up, and here is the sign that says, "The first rule: Please be considerate and wear a mask." Absolutely, I'm totally down for that. I think that that people should be wearing masks when they go to masses. I, I'm on that side. But I didn't plan to come to church. I didn't bring a mask. I didn't bring a bandana. I didn't have anything. So even though I desperately wanted to be with Jesus, out of respect for the other people there and respect for the rules of this parish, I started to walk away. And then I get a text message. And, I, and it's, it's, a, it's a buddy of mine. He used, to, he used to work with us. And he texted me and said, where are you going? Which is funny because I hadn't even seen him, but he saw me and I know that he works at this parish. He said, where are you going? I said, uh, well, I, I, was, I was looking for the Adoration Chapel, but uh, I don't have a mask. And he said, that's fine. So I, I turn him back around and I start walking back and he, and he kind of meets me in the middle. He planned to be at church that day because he, <laughs> he works there uh, and he, he had his mask on. So we got to greet each other and say hi for the first time in a very long time. And I was like, I don't have a mask. He's like, it, it, it's okay. It's a suggestion. It's not a requirement. And I was like, well, there's, he's like, we're having mass in the church. And I was like, well, I still don't really feel comfortable going to mass because I want to be respectful and I don't have a mask. And he's like, well, Jesus is in adoration in the tabernacle in this other room. Because I, what I didn't know was that 
because they were doing construction, they had moved the Adoration Chapel just to a different building in the church. It wasn't the exposed Eucharist. It wasn't in the monstrance, but it was in a tabernacle. It was in a different part of the church building. So he was like, that is open. You can go in there. I was like, dude, (laughs) honestly, like, thank you so much because I needed this. And I didn't even realize I needed it when I left my house. I needed to go to church. I needed to be in a Catholic church in the presence of Jesus just because everything had been going so crazy. I needed peace. And I, I find that most in the presence of Jesus. Like, even if I'm not having some like uh, amazing revelation or God talking to me, like that doesn't usually happen for me. But when I go to adoration, I feel the sense of peace and my life just kind of slows down. And I'm able to just kind of like unload the things that are stressing me out. I don't even need answers. I just unload them. I'm like, here, Jesus. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know? So uh, I'm really thankful for Adam, my friend, uh, who, who saw me, who texted me, who brought me back. It really did mean a lot to me. And and it, and it felt a lot better because, like, in the chapel, it was, like, like this. it's essentially like the parish hall, right? And that they had you know, temporarily made this adoration chapel. So it's this big room, and there were chairs just spread out, like, I mean, more than six feet apart. Like, 20 feet apart, 15 feet apart from each other on either side. So, like, there was only two other people in there. I sat completely in the back. Like, I was away from everybody. So I got to go and be in the presence of Jesus uh like and, and and it was just it was just so crazy all of the things that happened in that five minute span. I went from going to academy to deciding that I desperately needed to spend time with Jesus. And it wasn't one of those like usually when I make these decisions like oh I need to do this I need to do this. Like when I make a decision that's where I'm going. Like if I'm going to academy I'm going to academy. Like I'm not going anywhere else. And like God just made it like I just felt his grace, like the unmerited gift. I didn't deserve <laughs> to go to that church. I didn't prepare to go to that church. And like things have been rough for me spiritually and just personally, like I didn't deserve anything. And yet God was like, here's a grace, Taylor. I- I'm going to make you desire to go pray and to go be with me. And like, that's been my prayer for months. It's like, I don't have this desire that everybody else has. Where is my desire to go closer to you? Where is my desire for the Eucharist? Where's my desire to go back to church? And he gave it to me right then. And then I go to the church and it's under construction. And then it's, I find out that there's mass, but I don't have a mass, so I'm not going to go. And then I find out through a friend texting me as he saw me walking away, come back, you can go to the chapel. Like, I, like all of that happened in five minutes. It was this, like, <laughs> emotional whirlwind of, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so all of these things happening. And then, uh, I, and, like, I, I didn't spend a ton of time there. I was there for 10, maybe 15 minutes. But all of the things that I had been thinking about in the car because I was driving and it's quiet – like all of those things that were just kind of like whirring through my head and couldn't slow down. I couldn't think about any of them. I couldn't, I was like, I went and prayed about those things specifically, specifically the things that were stressing me out. And then I moved on and I went to Academy and I bought my shoes and at Academy, I met a guy who had bleached his hair. It was like yellow dreads. And I learned that it was breach that did that. That's the important part of this story. I really wanted to share that with you, but, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to share that story with you guys uh, of like, I got to go back to church and it was special and, and like I, I felt God's presence for the first time in a very long time and uh, thankful first first and foremost to God for giving me that grace to desire to go there and secondly to my friend Adam for uh, for essentially inviting me back when I was walking away. It really did mean a lot. So uh, before we before we take a break, uh, we're going to we're going to come back with Father Cassidy Stinson uh, and. But before that, there is a note. One of the things that I've been working on in the background is we have transitioned our platform. The show has been on SoundCloud 
for like four years, almost four years, almost the whole four years of the show. And it's not the best for podcasting. And I, like now that I'm doing this full time and I can focus on it, I finally made the transition. Everything that was on SoundCloud is now on Fireside. Why is this? Why is this cool to you? First of all, for all of you that are like subscribed on on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or whatever, it shouldn't affect you guys. But it will have have some like added features that you should be seeing. Like the uh, you should be able to see the hosts and the guests and like pictures of those people on your podcasting app pretty soon. But also the coolest part of this for me. It's still a work in progress, so if you're listening to this early, you'll probably still see that I'm working on it behind the scenes. It's not completely done. But uh, ForteCatholic.Fireside, F-I-R-E-S-I-D-E dot F-M, is the new podcast website specifically for the podcast. ForteCatholic.com still exists, but this is specifically for the website. You can go and you can search there by by host, by co-host, by guest, by topic. It's it's a sweet-looking site, and I'm really excited about it. So, um and on that note, uh, because a lot of a lot of things are changing, a lot of the cool things are happening. If you have not left a review on the podcast or subscribed yet, uh, please do so, guys. Thank you so much for for uh, just kind of being along on this journey with me. You made me want to do today's show, even when I at first didn't want to. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back with all the casting stints. Howdy. Do you or anyone you love have a beard, lips, or skin? If this is true for you, then we have a great deal for you from our friends over at Catholic Balm Co. No, I didn't say bomb. I said balm. B-A-L-M. Head on over to catholicbalm.co slash forte. Here's the deal. Anytime you use that link, you are not only supporting the work here of Forte Catholic, but you are also supporting youth ministry throughout the country. And you're not just giving to us and to these great causes, you are getting a special deal as well. If you enter the code Forte, F-O-R-T-E, you will get not 10, but we've turned the discount to 11, 11% off your next purchase. Go check it out. Beard Balm to make your beard luscious like mine. There's lip balm and hand lotion, all kinds of great stuff for all your beard, skin, and lip needs. Once again, catholicbalm.co slash forte to support the work we are doing here at the show, Catholic Youth Ministry, and get some great new products for yourself and or your loved ones. Peace. back to Forte Catholic and you know what for the first time all day you're hearing somebody else's voice uh, Father Cassidy Stinson is here as my guest today Father how are you I'm doing great how are you good you, you are either on a, a very special show or the worst show I've done in a long time and I'm not sure really because for the first time in over two and a half years I don't have a co-host today so I'm not sure I'm not sure how this is going so you'll go down in history as on one of the most like intriguing shows or the worst show that I've done in years. <laughs> It'll be great. It's a solo performance. Yeah, very, very much so. Uh, well, thank you. I don't, but I'm glad you <laughs> do. <laughs> I'm just gonna wing it. It'll be great. Exactly. So, uh, you and I met on the internet as I meet almost everybody now. At the time, you were the happy seminarian uh, on Twitter. 
but uh, I just called you father. So obviously that has changed here recently. And uh, you and I actually got a, a chance to meet. Uh, I guess it was was it December or January, sometime around the, around New Year's. I think it was, it was over January, New Year's yeah. actually. Um, where when we were at SLS, I got to meet you in person. And uh, so actually, like behind the scenes scoop, the one of the one of the jokes that I played on Father Anthony uh, was actually from. Inform- inside information I got from you because y'all went to seminary together. I was worried he was going to hunt me down and kill me after that, but yeah. There's still <laughs> an opportunity for that. I mean, like it, it hasn't, it has that, that time has not wavered. So uh, we're, we're still, we're still taking bets on that. Yeah. <laughs> Is this martyrdom? Yeah. <laughs> a, a priest getting killed by another priest because of something that happened in seminary. Uh, I think I, I don't know. I think that'd be the most interesting case of martyrdom if it was the case. Indeed, it'd be fitting. So uh, we've we'd gotten to know each other over the internet. We got to hang out there. We, we everybody did their their live podcast, and that was a lot of fun. We all got all the all the podcasters got to hang out. It was, it was a good weekend. Um, and then over the last uh, couple of months, uh, we've gotten to bond over something else, which are, are two things really: streaming and the video game Doom. Uh, we, I've talked about my streaming a, a, a ton. You have been streaming uh, pre, you know, pretty regularly as well over the last couple of months. And what's funny is this game Doom. It's all about uh, fighting demons and and like going down into hell, descending into 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 hell, and defeating the demons. And I've talked about it on my show where it was like. This is uh, very briefly, though, because it's like a gory game and it's kind of hard to. But right. and then I'm like, I don't know if I should stream this. And I'd actually decided not to. And then I see you, the happy priest, literally happy is <laughs> in your name. And <laughs> you're streaming. And I just truly enjoyed watching you play, too. <laughs> I was happy while I was playing. <laughs> you were very happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this, it was this funny thing because. Uh, we bonded over the game because both of us love the game. A new one just came out, but we were playing the one from a few years ago. Or you're playing the new one now. I, I, uh, you know, I, I have like a family to take care of. I'm not sure if you're aware of what that's like, but there's like money involved. But you being a, a single man, <laughs> you were able to buy the new one. And but but I think the funniest thing was we we were we were kind of bonding offline about this really difficult boss where uh, I, I, I had struggled with it a lot. And then I finally beat it. And I think I messaged you at like two in the morning on, on Twitter when I finally beat it. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, I, had, you know, I just played it too. And you shared a video of you defeating this boss. And uh, the video was hilarious. You want to tell, you want to tell everybody what you were doing? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that was the first playthrough I did on the stream. And I, I was, it's the mid game boss, which is the cyber demon. It's like this classic from the doom series. And so I'm like, what do I do if I'm fighting a giant demon? Well, obviously I pray the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer. <laughs> and so I managed to play the entire first phase of the boss while praying the St. Michael prayer. It was, it was, ve- it was very funny. I cut the second half out because I got killed horribly in the second half of the boss fight. But the first half went really, really well. Wait, were you praying the St. Michael prayer as you died or did you stop praying and then you died? So I, I got through the prayer and then I killed it right after. And then as soon as the second phase started, I just got slaughtered. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's because you stopped praying the St. Michael prayer. Yeah. I, I think that's. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's funny because I would like I very much struggled with that game. And like, honestly, a lot of the things that I was saying and feeling during fighting that demon probably were leading me more towards the hell route than the heaven route. So I, I learned something new. I was like, look, I can even pray while playing video games. I, I, you were very inspiring in that way. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, I, I switched over actually um, to Minecraft, as you probably saw. Yeah, I'm disappointed in you, but we'll get to that later. Well, yeah, there, there are reasons, but yes. But yeah, the, um, the Doom, I started actually on Easter. I started, I think, was, <laughs> I want to say it was Easter Sunday night um because we had just like celebrated the harrowing of hell the night before and we'd had the easter vigil and everything so i'm like what is more fitting than to play a video game about the harrowing of hell in a sense it's really it's really funny because i actually started you had played it before i had never played it before but i started playing it on good friday for the same reason because jesus descended into into hell so i was like you know what this is the most Jesus-like thing I'm going to do this Holy Week because I'm not at church. So yep. I'm going to descend into hell with Jesus. And uh, yeah, so we were on same wavelengths, but you were on the happier side, hence your name. Hence and I was on the everything's terrible side. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. So yeah, you did you did move over into Minecraft. And, and I'm disappointed in you because I think Minecraft is the most boring thing in the entire world. You went from playing this game that I that I really enjoy to this game that like a bunch of people enjoy and I just don't get it. So now you get to, yeah. we're going to test out your skills as a priest and evangelist, just not in the normal way. You need to try to evangelize me right now on Minecraft. Okay. So the reason I'm playing Minecraft is because I'm not the person who's trying, or I'm not playing it for myself um, because the whole idea of the streaming is it's sort of kind of, I mean, it's partly a hobby, but it's also sort of an experiment because I like to experiment with new platforms and see if there's like evangelization potential. Right. And part of the reason I am playing Minecraft is because a lot of it is boring. <laughs> and therefore you need to do something else while you're watching or playing Minecraft to keep yourself entertained, like talk to people. And so it actually, Minecraft is for me, it's like a vehicle to have a conversation with people who just kind of wander into the stream. Um, because I can like mine and like gather materials and build a house, which like it entertains me on some level where I can like not go insane while I'm doing it. Right. But then also you have people who are just hanging out, dropping in. And so routinely about once or twice a stream, and this does not happen with Doom. Doom, I got like, oh, so I get people who will ask me questions about the faith who just randomly showed up. Right. Did not happen with Doom except for one topic, which was exorcisms. Every, <laughs> stream, every time I stream Doom, somebody asks me if I want to be an exorcist. And I don't. But and you know, don't. Like, it broadens the scope of potential conversations. Uh, no, okay, so I get it. I'm yeah. still I'm still not a big fan. It's, it's, it's funny. Here's, I, I understand what you're saying, though, because like you want to interact with people. And I play Siege. And the funny thing about Siege is like if I'm in the middle of a, of a fight, I can't talk to people. Like, I yeah. can't interact. But I die often enough that I can talk to people while I'm dead. It's this nice back and forth between playing exactly. the game. Focusing. But, like, with Doom, it's just so fast and so crazy that, yeah. like, there's – yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. There's no way. But I, I'm, you're trying to evangelize me. I'm going to try to evangelize you. We're having, like uh, – in this case, you're the Catholic and I'm, like, a, a Muslim or something. You and I are debating about our beliefs and evangelizing each other. And I, I just want to, to – like, I understand the truth – of your faith in the game of Minecraft and, and this style of streaming. But I want to let you know that there are other ways that you can do this. There are other games that you can still have conversations with people. I am I'm all ears. Give me, what, what do you have in mind? Well, you can play Siege with me. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're talking. Yeah, there you it go. It comes out. 
I know that you've you've played Fortnite before. I have. I think I'm terrible we, at we, it still, but yes, you, you are. So again, you could die, and while you're dead, you could interact with people. While you're like, you could you can hide in a bush and talk to people. <laughs> you know, there's there's other ways to do that. So just my my main thing is, I just brought you on here to ask you to stop playing Minecraft. <laughs> I I can accept that. I I respect that completely. <laughs> Very I, good. I will try siege. Awesome. And uh, I've got a, I've got another recruit. Uh, uh, who have I converted more? I've converted so many people to start playing siege. I don't know if I've done more good for the game of siege than I have for my faith, and that's a terrifying thought. So we're gonna move on. Uh, I, I saw this thing right, like literally right before uh, you and I started talking. Uh, there's a, there's an account called Catholic Will on on Instagram, and it was like, did you know? I mean, it was like all these things that that uh, that I didn't know. Let me let me pull it up. Here you go. So a couple, we're going to talk about one of them in particular, but okay. one of them was about like there are less nuns now than there used to be. I was like, yes, I did know that. There was one about a uh, a saint that was too long, so I didn't read it. There was one. Did you know there are 194 archdioceses or dioceses in the U.S.? I said I didn't, and I also don't care. And then we got to the one that I cared about. It said, did you know seminary education for priests was not actually standard until after the council of Trent, which that I did not know that blew me away. So there were just priests that'd be like, I would like to be a priest. And they're like, okay, you start tomorrow. Like what the heck, man? Did you know this? I did. Yeah. So I think I'm not an expert on this topic by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it was like a kind of on the job training was more the more the thing like and part of that is when you have more priests you can do a lot more direct mentorship and so i think there is probably a system of there's some historian out there who's getting stressed right now but <laughs> i i think it was more of a system where you had guys who would get ordained then they would just be mentored by older priests and that's still ex continued to an extent but yeah the interesting thing in my mind is actually that we're moving more back in that direction now is that there's progressively more emphasis in seminary formation on parish formation and parish based formation programs like pre seminary spirituality years and pastoral years and all of that. Um, a lot of guys do a lot of their formation now in the parish with the mentorship of priests. That's good. So hopefully the pendulum is swinging back, but I don't want it to swing all the way back because again, I, I don't know. I, this is all new to me. I didn't research this stuff. That's not my job. That's not what the show's about. I'm not Catholic Answers uh, or Jimmy Aiken, although I do have a nice red beard. Uh, so I'm trying to be like Jimmy, but you cosplay uh, as him for like Halloween one year. Do, oh, I could. I could. I tried. Got. I did the God of War last year, which he'll see as a heresy. And then next year I could be him and, and I'll leave it out. <laughs> so, I looked it up because I had no idea. I was like, I don't know. When was the Council of Trent? The year 400? It's like, no, it was 1,100 years later. It's in the mid-1500s. So this this must have been a one. the one uh, – was this the one like in response to the Protestant Reformation? Yeah. Am I getting that correct? That would be right. Okay. So the, the Protestant Reformation, they were like, hey, priests should be trained. And the Council of Trent's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> so I like I, I okay like it is helpful to like hear from you like there is like the more on the job thing. So here's here's what I'm thinking. I, I talked earlier in the show um, about uh, how I was a, a a waiter and how I waited tables and and it's very much hurt my feet. That's that's the topic for for another time. We'll talk more about it later. But it connects in this way. Whenever you're a waiter. Uh, you, you've been, I mean, you've been to a restaurant. Did you ever wait tables or have you? No, I applied for a job, but didn't get it. 
Yep. Gotcha. Which is why you entered the seminary. I understand. So, uh, <laughs> when I was, when I was a waiter, like the thing, like there's, there's, there's on the job training, like you're talking about with, with apparently they used to do with the priesthood. So here's what I'm picturing that you know, two people come to your table and they're like, hi, my name's Taylor. This, this is Cassidy. He's, he's training me today. Uh, but I, I'm here to take your order. So was it like that? But for confession, they were like, hi, I'm I'm trained recruit Father Taylor. This is Father Cassidy. We're going to hear your confession today. <laughs> Amazingly, no. <laughs> so believe it or not, confession is one of the things I got the least training in. Oddly enough, well, you, you know why? Uh, because th there's no way to t like to like uh, check up on you. Like, are you doing a good job? They're just like, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, no, it was one of those things. Part of I think part of seminary formation is predicated on the idea that like you're going to learn a lot of it by your own experience of participating in it. Um, they don't feel that way about the mass. Thank goodness. Um, we do get practicums on how to say mass, but confessions, they're like, well, you've been to confession often enough. You know what not to do. You've had enough bad confessions. You know what that looks like. So, you know, to an extent, they'll throw you some curveballs in a practicum, but you really do like one day of just intensive confession training and then you're done. You're like, all right. Well, I can, I have, uh, some of my experiences in confession are now explained. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some guys learn better than others, but it's, uh, it, it was, it was pretty funny because basically you had one day in, in seminary where they just, you know, they'll, they'll give you students and then faculty will be the guys who are pretending to give a confession. And then everyone will listen in as you're, you're hearing the confession and giving advice. <laughs> so if you mess up really badly that first time, they'll shame you for it. So I like, so I, I, I kind of understand like where that thought process is coming from. Cause like, you know, I've been to confession. Like, I, I don't know if I guessed like 200 times, 250 times. I don't know. I don't know how many times I've been. Uh, it was a lot when I was in high school, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I can understand. It's like, hey, you've been to confession enough. You know how this goes. Like, just say the other person's parts. You know, like, I, like, I, like, I can see that. But like, I, I think my biggest, like, did they, tr like, th I think the biggest questions that like lay people would have is like, how, do, like, I, I think one question that I'm not asking is like, oh, have you heard this sin? Have you heard that sin? That's not what I'm asking. But like, were you prepared for like? Because I, I, I hear all the time from priests that, that it's like, you know, we've heard it all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not, nothing new under the sun. Everybody, everybody sins. But, like, the big ones, like, how to handle, I murdered someone in the confessional. Or mm -hmm. I I stole a host and performed a black mass. Like, I, I, like I'm trying to think of, like, big kind of, like, more out there. And, like, was there any kind of training on, like, hey, someone just admitted murder. What should you do? We did have some conversations about that. So the way that, that kind of fit into our formation was we had this one larger class that was just, like, what was it? anointing and reconciliation or something like that. Um, uh -huh. But it was one of the last liturgy classes you take. And it's mostly a historical class or theological class. But then for like a couple of days or a couple parts of the class, we would just sit down and talk about just theories of what to do if like X, Y, or Z happened. So that kind of thing did come up. Um, and like there isn't, you know, you again, it's more of a via negativa where you can kind of say like, you probably shouldn't do this. You know, you probably can't make them confess. Like you can't have that be their penance. Right. Um, and like, you can, you can encourage people to do more than you can make people do. Um, right. So we just, we discussed some of that. Um, yeah. 
your penance is to go dig up the body or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. So, okay. So this is all things that I'm literally learning as we're going through. Sure. So uh, uh, with all being said and done, you're coming up like in days will be your, your first year anniversary to the priesthood. Uh, and I, I saw that you shared the other day. It's like, uh, this was not what I planned for my first year of priesthood. Yeah. You know, half of it being in quarantine or whatever. And, uh, but with with what we know now, with what we just learned from Catholic, or what I learned from Catholic Will, and what you knew from a, a while ago, that seminary, formal seminary, wasn't a thing until 500 years ago. Would you take back going to seminary if you could become a priest like they used to before? With or would you would you keep your seminary experience? Would I keep my seminary experience? I would definitely keep my seminary experience. Um, Probably not for the reason you would assume. Uh, the One of the most valuable things about my seminary experience was that it grounded me in a, the church outside of my diocese. Oh, cool. It opened my world to like the fact that the church is much larger, larger than just like the local parish in the diocese. And like I had that experience even when I was, uh, I think when I was in high school going to college, I started participating in diocesan events. It was mind opening to see that the church being Catholic. And part of this is like, this is a whole nother story, but the fact that I'm a convert, like the idea of a large scale church wasn't something I'd even grown up with. And so to see that there was a diocesan church and then beyond that, like a universal church and to see how much, you know, I was in DC for my seminary formation and seeing how much that influenced our life. Um, that is something that actually has shaped my priesthood probably more than almost any other part of it. Well, that's that's great to hear. And what what's I'm I'm trying not to laugh as you're saying something that's very good and serious. It's not what what you were saying. It's just the thought that I've been hearing a bunch of like like people talk about like oh four year colleges. It's not about the degree anymore. It's all about just like how you grow as a person. And that's what it sounded like your seminary experience was. It wasn't necessarily what you learned, but more like the the experience. And I grew as a person, and I went in as a child, and I came out a man. <laughs> So it's funny that like I mean our lives are very different and our vacations are very different, but we did we do share a lot of those things in common. So you're like a regular person almost. <laughs> sort of getting there. <laughs> I wouldn't jump there. that far. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think I would either. So um, you're doing a, lo a lot of great stuff. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter. They can they can watch you slay demons and also be bored out of their mind while playing while you play Minecraft. But also you can try other games. Maybe so maybe. Maybe we can do Siege. So uh, how can people get connected with you? Uh, if anyone wants to find me, I am most of the time at The Happy Priest on almost any platform. Um, so Twitter, at The Happy Priest. Instagram is the same. Um, Facebook, I don't have a public profile because I'm not that big. Um, what else do I have? Twitch is at The Happy Priest. And YouTube is The Happy Priest with spaces between the words because autocorrect does that <laughs> well fantastic well yeah. dude thanks for coming on today uh i've been enjoying getting to know you thanks for thanks for just coming to spend some time with me today on uh our best or worst show in a very long time thanks a lot and uh guys i will be right back uh by myself to be very lonely with you don't go anywhere bye Hey there, everybody. It is Taylor. I just wanted to let you know that we have a brand new sponsor for the show, Libertas Alive. If you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you've seen me wearing some of this awesome, awesome Catholic gear. 
I love Libertas stuff. Great gear, some shirts. Uh, I just got a hoodie. It's it's dope stuff, man. So go to ForteCatholic.com slash Alive, A-L-I-V-E, to get 15% off all this stuff right now. And maybe one day, just maybe, you'll look as cool as me. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and I'm, I'm as I mentioned earlier, there's no co-host today. It's just me flying solo for the first time in over two and a half years. So uh, I think we talked about this a couple of months ago, but for the first year of the show, we were live on the radio uh, every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. because that's when everybody wanted to listen to Catholic Radio, obviously. And uh, I, it was just me. It was just me talking. And it, to be honest, it wasn't that great. So I'm not sure how this is going and if you guys are enjoying this. And, uh, don't worry. It won't be like this forever. We'll have a co-host back again next week. But so many things are changing. And I was like, you know what? Let's just Let's just go back to the beginning. Just, just for an episode, just you and me and all other people. No, okay, that's uh, whatever. Bad joke. This is usually where uh, my co-host tells me to to get back on track. So I hear them all four of them in my head the whole time that I've been recording this, and uh, they're haunting me. That's exactly what's happening right now. But uh, it's just you and me, like it was for the whole first year of the show. And then uh, producer Sam came around, and she was she was the producer slash uh, kind of quasi co-host, and she uh, kind of graduated into co-host. And then when she left, we started this as you as you guys know the show now with with the four rotating co-hosts. So one of the things that I that I wanted to to kind of get into is like, look, this show's come a long way, and, and and a lot of it is because of you. I'm hoping that I've grown, so I'm hoping that at least this solo show. It's not going to be better than all my shows with the co-hosts, but hopefully it's better than all the solo shows I did <laughs> three years ago. So uh, I want to tell you why I'm frustrated, because that's why most of you people uh, tune into the show. And by you, t- you people, I mean listeners of Forte Catholic, obviously. So here's the good news. And just like, like kind of like my life right now, there's a ton of good news and there's a ton of bad news. And... I mostly focus on the negative because that's who I am as a human person. And I think that's what most of us do is we focus on the negative things. So positive things is, uh, I don't know, it was maybe like a month and a half ago or so. Father Anthony was on the show. He was co-hosting. And I, I knew that I had been sedentary. And this has been a theme over the last couple of months uh, during the quarantine. So if, if some of this may be a quick review, but I have an update. I promise. I had been quite sedentary and I was gaining weight. So I was like, okay, I want to lose weight. I want to be more healthy. I want to be more active. I'm tired of being sedentary. I'm tired of how I feel. So I'm going to be more active. And over the last month and a half, I went from walking like under a thousand steps a day for the first month of quarantine, whoops, to like now I'm averaging, I think it's like six, six to 7,000 steps a day. So some days are a little bit more, some days are a little bit less, but that's been the average for the last month and a half or so. Whew. This is weird. I, I have to use a lot more energy. Whenever I'm hosting by myself because I'm just talking all the time and I'm tired and I need to take a breath. And usually I take a breath while the co-host is like jibber and jabbering along whatever they're saying. But now I don't have them as a crutch to lean on. So now I look weak. But power is made perfect in weakness. That's our scripture verse. We talked about that last week. So I was more active. I've been I've been walking a lot more. And I, I don't, I've shared on social media, but I don't think I've shared yet on the show that since that day, that I weighed myself live, completely unplanned. This, this, since that day, I have lost uh, around nine pounds, al- almost ten pounds. And 
I've been really excited about that, and I'm really happy about that, and that's been going fantastic. So, uh, why bring? Why, you know that the other hammer is about to drop. <laughs> the other shoe is about to drop, which would have been a better transition because of what I'm about to say. But whatever. So I have this thing called plantar fasciitis. I'm not sure if you know what it is. Essentially, I have very high arches in my feet, and when because I weigh a lot, uh, sometimes when I walk, those arches begin to kind of fall. And there's this there's this all all, all of the muscles and the tissues and the fascia that is all along my feet. Honestly, it gets a lot really painful, and it's like it becomes hard to walk. So I've had this before. I, I got this uh, when I was when I was running in college, and then it stopped because I took you know once I quit running, I stopped running. <laughs> it didn't hurt as much. Uh, and then when I was waiting tables uh, towards the end of my college years, and then my first year of marriage, which I guess was t- still my college years because that's when I was in in grad school. But just being on my feet all the time and being overweight, like it just wasn't a good combination. So my feet, like essentially the arch starts to fall and it becomes very painful. It got really bad about five, six years ago. So I had to go to the doctor. They made me like some insoles and it, it took months. So like back, way back then, like literally it would take me 30 minutes. Like there was like a two, three week pan, span. It would take me 30 minutes to get out of bed because like essentially everything relaxed at nighttime. And then when I took that first step to get out of bed, it was just like searing pain going through my foot. So it's not that bad now, but it has started to come back. Like it's, it's, it's come back a few times in my life. Uh, what's, what really stinks is that the last time it happened was the last time that I went from being inactive to, to really active and losing a lot of weight. And like the, the thing that is best for plantar fasciitis is losing weight. So obviously there's good things happening, but the frustrating thing is now it's getting to the point where it's starting to limit what I can do physically like it's starting to limit how much i can walk it's starting to limit and it's just bringing pain and it's really frustrating because i have all of this determination and i'm like i'm ready to go it's part of my new routine where i'm being more active and i'm walking with my son at night we're playing pokemon we found this trail through through our through our neighborhood it's beautiful walking trail but i like it's it's hurting it's hurting and like last night was very painful when I got back by, by the but on the way back like on the walk back it was just really painful and I just kind of had to push through it and like pushing through plantar fasciitis makes it worse you know there's some there's like the pain or injury thing like I was an athlete all growing up pushing through pain while working out is a good thing pushing through an injury that's going to make that injury even worse is is not good and that's essentially the point that I'm in now so here I am Getting older all the time. Here I am, like making making all this progress and losing all of this weight, which is like the best thing in the world for my plantar fasciitis. And now, like it's it's starting to come to a halt, and I'm really frustrated. So that brings back Academy <laughs> into the story. In the first segment, I talked about how I was going to Academy, and instead I went to the church next door. After I went to the church, I did go over to Academy. I bought new shoes, and I also bought new new insoles specifically for plantar fasciitis because I was here's essentially where I am now is that I don't want this to be a limiting factor for what I can do physically because I want to keep improving myself I want to keep I want to stay healthy I want to continue to lose weight I want to continue doing these things but if the plantar fasciitis comes back I I won't be able to so what what do I what I decided like look (laughs) I need to change what I'm doing because obviously what I'm doing isn't working my shoes were old my uh my ins my my uh insoles like they were like custom made for me which is weird it was like this plaster they put over my foot that they made a they made a mold from it and that's what I've had in my shoes for years they're supposed to last about two to three years and it's been like six or seven so 
definitely time to get new ones, but I'm not going to go to my foot doctor right now because he's far away and I don't want to deal with going to a doctor right now because that's where sick people go and I don't want to be sick to fix my feet. So I go and I buy new shoes because new shoes are, 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 are a big uh, assistant in taking a lot of the shock absorption away from your feet. I bought new in- insoles at least temporarily until I can go see my doctor that are that have that high arch support. So I bought those and I also brought like compression like sleeves for my feet that are supposed to be helpful. And then for the last week or two, I, I know a lot of things that are helpful for this. And like the last couple of times that I got plantar fasciitis, I didn't know essentially how to take care of my feet and try to like at least stem the progress of it and try to to bring some healing into my life. So I have all the things. I have uh, foam rollers that I'm like standing on and and and, sh- and stretching or like uh like rolling out the bottoms of my feet. I'm stretching my calves because the fascia goes all the way from your feet uh, all the way up to the back of your calves. So I'm stretching out my calves like crazy multiple times a day. Um, I have this thing called a Strasbourg sock. I don't know if you've ever seen these, but essentially it holds your foot. You know, like if you're sitting down or you're laying down, your foot will kind of kind of go limp. This thing will, will, will help it to, to, to like stand back up so that your feet is kind of locked in position so that it is that, that so that your fascia is able to stretch out. So I've been doing all of these things kind of all throughout the day, even if I'm like watching TV or laying in bed, I'm still trying to take care of my feet so that I can continue improving myself and, and, and getting better. And ironically enough, trying to continue losing weight so that it's <laughs> less stress on my feet and my plantar fasciitis. So that's like, there's good things happening, but then I, I kind of hit this roadblock and I'm like, you know what? I know enough now. I do not want this roadblock to get in my way. So I need to change what I'm doing. So obviously I'm taking care of myself, like with, with kind of like home therapy and those sorts of things, buying new shoes, buying the insoles, like doing whatever I can. But also it's like, I, I'm, like my gym opens up next week. I'm really excited about that because one of the things that's good for, for I mean, like an, anything that's good for your body is doing different types of workouts. Like really all I've had is walking, <laughs> jogging, like, which is essentially the same. Like uh, the cardio has all been the same. I don't have a pool. I can't swim. I don't have, I don't have workout equipment here at my house. I'm excited for my gym to open back up because then I can do like the stair stepper, which isn't as much impact on your feet, I could do like the rowing machine, you know, uh, that you know, just other ways to be active that aren't just the walking kind of the pounding over and over again on my feet. So here I am I, trying to improve myself and things are things like I did. I improved. I lost almost 10 pounds. I feel better. I, I'm looking better. Like I'm, I'm happy about all that progress. But then I kind of hit this plateau where it's like if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm not going to continue to improve. I'm actually going to kind of take a few steps back. And I started thinking about my spiritual life where it's like, okay, there's so often that I, that I do the same things over and over again. I'll get in like a kick of the liturgy hours. I'll pray the liturgy hours uh, just about every day. And, and, I, and I'm growing closer to the Lord. I'm growing in my discipline and my prayer. And then I kind of hit where it's like, ah, you know, a month, two months later, I don't really want to do the liturgy hours anymore. I'm, really, I'm not getting that, uh, I'm not feeling that same kind of consolation, that same kind of connection so in, instead of, you know, stopping to pray, which honestly has happened before, but instead of doing that, it's like, okay, I hit this roadblock. What am I going to do? I'm going to do everything that I can to take care of what I, what I can take care of. So like for me, that was going to buy uh, the new shoes. It was, going, it was taking care of my feet. It was doing the therapy, those kinds of things. Like, but for, for our prayer, it's like, okay, can we shift what we're doing? Can we shift what we're doing? Not change prayer, not, or like not, not take out prayer, but just kind of shift 
what we're doing. Maybe you shift to the rosary, you shift to Lexio Divina, you try something new that you haven't done yet. Um, and and I, I just think that's a good way for all of us to uh, to kind of stay fresh in our faith, to stay fresh in our like physical activity because like doing the same like if, if you go and you do the same workout over and over and over again one you're only going to like work out specific muscle groups and then you'll look weird <laughs> you know like you'll have really big like arms and calves but if you don't work out your legs or your abs or any of that kind of stuff like it's not it's not good for your body it's going to look strange and in the same way like for our spiritual life it's like if you only pray the rosary every day and that's your spiritual life, or if you only like do the morning offering, if you only do daily mass, if you only do all these things, all of those things are good things. But if those are the only things that we're doing, we're never really expanding our spiritual life. We're never growing our spiritual life and trying all of these different ways the church has offered us in order to, to be able to pray and to grow. So like, obviously we're all going to have like our kind of go-to prayer. Like mine is scripture. Mine's praying with scripture, uh, reading scripture. Like that's a big way that God speaks to me. And like, but that doesn't mean that I need to not do other things or not try to grow in those ways. So let's do a little bit of, a little bit of house cleaning to kind of wrap up our day today. As I mentioned last week and earlier on today's show, uh, Forte Catholic is now a nonprofit organization, which means you can support the ministry. If you've enjoyed the show, if you've ever seen me speak or lead worship at at an event at your church or anything like that, all of the work of Forte Catholic, uh, you can give a charitable donation to ForteCatholic.com slash donate. All of that goes to uh, continuing to make the show better, like changes we talked about earlier, like a new hosting platform, but hopefully that this will be better for the show, uh, look better, uh, sound better, all of those things for you guys all of our things over on youtube like being able to like we want to upgrade all the stuff in here we want to upgrade the lighting we want to upgrade the video quality all of these things are things that that can be done as we continue to grow what we're doing here at forte catholic also a big thing that we're doing is helping other creators create their content so uh, we actually have a pretty exciting announcement that's going to be coming out uh here in a few days uh probably drop in between shows but we'll talk about it next week just a a cool new thing for a friend of mine and for and for forte catholic that i'm really excited to let you guys know about i mean we also produce nine other shows uh that i helped other people similar to me where it's like look there's something i feel that i want to share uh let's get that out and it's not all the same kind of content as mine It's, it's all vastly different uh which is cool for me because obviously like I don't speak to everybody in the church. Some people, like, not anybody does. There's, there's nobody that does. There's not one style or one type of content that people want. People like a vast variety of things. It's just been cool to be able to help people. And there's, there's some other people kind of coming out of the woodwork. So if there's, some, if there's something that, like, you've wanted to say and you want to start a podcast, um, I'd love to help you guys do that. Uh, one of the things that we've been doing is our, our living room retreats over on YouTube. Uh, there's, there's a new one posted every week of either me or somebody else um, uh, around Forte Catholic um, uh, sharing a message there. So we would love it if you guys can go uh, go subscribe over there. Check out that, that bonus content. It's not just the show, but obviously the show is there where you can watch it all on YouTube every single week. So just to wrap us up today, uh, again, just thank you guys so much for all the support of the show. I wouldn't have made this change if, if, if there wasn't as much support as there already is. Uh, thank you guys so much for all that you've said, all that you've done, uh, for, for listening, for subscribing, for sharing it with your friends. I appreciate all of that stuff that you guys have done. For all things Forte Catholic, head on over to fortecatholic.com. I'll be back next week with a co-host. Say it! Come to heaven.